Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and this is episode 53, Stoner Girls, Women Love Weed. I like to open things up with some stoner moments, and I honestly don't have much because I am not as prepared as I normally am. I had a really tough week, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna smoke this bong load while I tell you about it. I got some fresh golden pineapple in right at the last second. Let me tell you, it is so good too. I was almost out. This fresh batch is full of those minty overtones of terpenes that the the batch that I've been smoking on doesn't have right now. Um, when I described it last time, you probably didn't hear me say anything about the mint in it because it didn't really come out very much. But the other day I got food poisoning, which sucked. Um, mostly because I hate not enjoying the pungency of pot. And when I opened my weed jar, it was, oh my God, it was like going back to when I first started smoking weed. And I was like, that's supposed to be good. <sighs> but I went for some Candyland because I was dealing with a lot of stabbing pain and the nausea. And I was hoping that would help based on the success of the kidney stones. And in order to give it a little extra kick with the nausea, I mixed it with the golden pineapple. And oh my God, let me tell you, it tasted exactly like Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. Uh, not the Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies itself, but the Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies strain. It really, whatever was in the Candyland really made the mint that was in the golden pineapple still pop. You could tell those terpenes were still there. I just wasn't tasting them the same. It uh, it changed everything, and I can't believe how similar those terpene profiles were. So, you know, mixing strains, you never know what you can really do with it. Uh, if you don't have access to your perfect strain, you can, you can still come up with some really fun salads that have some serious medicinal power. So, uh, so yeah, that's all I got so far. I'm feeling better though. Um, I had a really emotional week with my recent breakup and everything, dealing with that. This episode's super late. I'm trying to work around gardeners all fucking day. Uh, so I'm sorry, but I think in every time I try and record today, there's a gardener in the background. You might hear it. Meh, hopefully not. I'm just going to smoke this bowl right now. Take a deep breath and I'll be right back. It's been a tough week. I'm a little short on, on patience, so thank God I'm not quite as short on pot. In order to make things more positive, and because it's in my outline anyway, good timing, I want to share some of the things that I love about this last year. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to Rin again for really kind of giving me the moral support that I needed in order to do this. I want to say thank you to Elliot uh, uh, for always supporting me through it too, to Reese, to Mark, to Dharma Bodhidharma and her human Scott and, uh, and to Apollo seven and to Brea and to anybody that I'm forgetting or don't know about to you for listening right now. Thank you so much. Um, it's been really incredible 
to share my passion and information in a format that I really, really enjoy doing. And I hope that you have been able to find as much enjoyment out of it as I have. And I hope that uh, we get many more years out of it, quite frankly. really see no reason to stop. So today I'm going to talk about a couple of things. One, I have an interview with my friend Heather, who is a stoner girl like me, and who has some acne issues that she's been addressing. And she's got a completely different kind of skin than I do. And I really just wanted to have her give a different perspective on something that I think is such an easy fix to a problem that plagues so many people. And uh, because it's not it's not your usual thing. It's not what people are really talking about right now. So I'm going to get it out there for you. And then in kind of celebration of my my one year anniversary and the passion that that has brought me to do it, I really want to share something that is difficult to say, that is difficult to hear, but which I think must be addressed. Um, that's a personal experience of mine and and how I've suffered as, well, one of the ways I've suffered, I should say, as a casualty of the drug war. And specifically, how miseducating people uh, really damages our quality of life and sets us up to fail in ways that aren't always acknowledged. And I'm just going to let people know now that you may not want to hear it. There's like trigger warning is something that you need. Like the last half of the episode, probably don't listen to it. I'm going to put Heather's interview first. And that's really fun and light. And you can go back and talk about that. And at the end in our safety meeting, I'm going to give more shout outs to more women who have been incredibly influential in my life. But I'm really driven to share this story right now. I feel it's really important to share the story. And I often find that when I need to share these things, it's not always so much that I need to say it as it really needs to be heard. And so I think uh, I think right now is the right time. First, I'm going to uh, I'm just going to drop in on uh, mine and Heather's discussion about how she's been dealing with her acne and using cannabis to address it. And there are a lot of ways that you can get good information, whether you're in a medical state or not medical state, whether you have access to CBD or not CBD. Um, And uh, I love Heather so much. She's really articulate and she's very fun. And we definitely get our Southern California uh, kind of valley girl into it, but not too much. So hopefully you're not offended by the lady talk. And uh, without further ado, here's Heather. Where the eyes are? Uh-huh. That's what Donald Trump's eyes look like. Wait, say that again? What? There's a meme where, or like, you know, one of those like Snapchat filter things where you can put your mouth where your eyes are. Oh, oh, yes, yes. His face looks like that. Yes, it does. When his eyes are closed. Yes, it does. And it can't be unseen. No. So from then on, now on, every time I see pictures of this fucking guy with his eyes closed, I just see that. I see that meme (laughs) over and over again. Do you want more? Do you need more? Uh, oh. 
All right, you got that going. So, great, I'm gonna finish this bowl. Yes. And then I'll bring out Heisenberg too. So <gasps> Yay. Great. Oh, hi friend. No, Heisenberg's first appearance. Love you. <laughs> so glad you're here. You're living such a great life here. I knew you would. It's so much nicer out here, out here than in the closet. You're going in the closet. This thing has been on camping trips. This has been to Sequoia a couple times. Right. Done some raving for sure. It's quality. Straight quality. It really is. I love this thing. Heisenberg. Heisenberg the Frankenbaum. Beautiful thing. All right. So we're going to talk about acne and CBD. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was talking about that first. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but why don't you start with just kind of your story, the background? Okay. My skin is, yes, I have acne, but it's also very sensitive in general. So it's like a double-edged sword, especially when trying to treat acne because it's already super sensitive. Any additional like treatments, especially chemicals mm -hmm. in the pharmaceutical avenue, it's just even more, it's even more damaging to my skin. Yeah. I so it's, so there, it's, it's two part. And it's like in treating the acne, a lot of times in the different like pharmaceuticals that they would give me, this the side effects would make my skin even more sensitive. Right, which, which makes is, you more prone to acne. Exactly. <laughs> so you're like stuck in this vortex of just failed attempt after failed attempt of trying to solve the problem. And is this like a lifelong thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've had acne since... I've had sensitive skin my whole life, but I've had acne like doctor diagnosed acne mm -hmm. since 1998 okay so okay, a really so, long time so this is like verified legit <laughs> shit yeah this is a very right. long time and i like that you like have completely different skin to me because i'm always telling people like i like this works for me but i have good skin i have to like i have to yeah disclaimer it with yeah i've been blessed like hashtag blessed i have to <laughs> disclaimer hashtag blessed yeah and yeah. um so so that's great and so flash forward, uh, well, no, 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 actually we're going to rewind it back. <laughs> Do you notice if, uh, on top of the sensitivity, is this a hormonally linked thing for you? Oh, that's just an added, that's so just, just an added layer. Top. Okay. Yeah. Cherry it's really different layers of just having to deal with all these different symptoms. Okay. Now, um, if you want to touch on some of your history with it too, because you did say it's doctor diagnosed, uh, feel free to, but you told me about a recent experience. Yeah. Um, oh, and real quick, uh, we'll just say <laughs> that, uh, you're in the 30 ish range. Yeah. So people have an understanding of late twenties, yeah. early thirties. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw it in there. <laughs> um, and you were at the doctor recently. Yes. And you told me a horrific story. So lay that out. Lay that out. <laughs> so of course I'm going to get my skin checked for skin cancer, which everybody should do anyway. Yes. Um, that's why I was there. 
Um, and I was actually feeling really confident that morning that my skin was looking really good because I only had like maybe five or six blemishes that were, I mean, they were you, noticeable blemishes. You had <laughs> been doing a lot better because you've de-stressed a lot in your life yeah. and you were noticing like periods of detox and rebound from that. So yeah. yes. Right? My skin was all over the map. So, right. so there were a beautiful. lot of different things going on. Yeah. And I was just that morning, I was like, I'm having a good skin day. This is awesome. I had maybe five five or six blemishes along like my jawline and I'm in the doctor's office for this check and immediately all of my like positive vibes are like dashed when he looks at me and says have you had acne for a long time has this always been an issue and I'm like what it's a good skin day what are you talking about (laughs) like I just kind of assumed that everybody always had skin problems because Mm -hmm. I've always had skin problems. So even the people that I see with quote unquote good skin, I assumed that it couldn't always be that flawless that regardless of whether or not we can see them, they're there. Right. So, and I always just kind of, I kind of threw it up to like hormones too, you know, Mm -hmm. being in different parts of your cycle, it definitely affects, you know, your, your skin sensitivity Right. But how much oil you're producing and all of that. So when he's when he commented on my acne, I was, and I was feeling so good about it before I went in there, I was like, yeah, man, that's a bummer. Yeah, I have kind of battled with it my whole life, you know, but I'm kind of around my period time. And he's like, oh, I see cases like you all the time. At your age, you really shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. You know, I, I'm going to write you a prescription for an antibiotic so that you can take this antibiotic and it'll make the immediate effects go away. But then I'm going to write you a referral to the specialist who does Accutane. And Accutane, let me tell you, is some really gnarly stuff. Accutane is, it's poison. It's You're, chemo for, for it's acne. It's chemo for your skin and it's, yeah. it's horrible. And really, I mean, when he suggested it and he started saying, you know, how people were having really great results on it, but at first you're going to... Before gonna... even talking to you about any potentially dangerous moles. Right. Or anything you were there else. For. Yeah. Which is why I was there to begin with. He immediately sidetracks to my acne and I'm like, great. So yeah, he, he refers me to the, he tells me he's going to refer me to the specialist in Woodland Hills, which isn't a short drive by any means, no. but the people have had really great successes on it. And so, you know, I thanked him for the prescription of antibiotic that I really didn't need, but it was apparently going to clear up my skin. And, um, you know, I'm going to get this phone call in a few days to schedule my Accutane consult. And so I do my research when I get home. I immediately Google Accutane because I don't know anybody that's personally used it. Um... I but I definitely am curious as to the effects of it. I'm not going to just take something just because somebody says so. I've been doing that my whole life, and it hasn't really proven to be successful every time. Right. So, you know, I mean, I've fact, done... Detrimental at For times. my skin, I've really done a lot of... I've done a lot of different treatments. I've done topicals. I have done topicals mixed with, pharmace- with you know, pills. I have done different antibiotics. I've done different scrubs. I've done different creams. I was part of the test trial for orthotricycline oh. to be used to treat acne. I was part of that. Okay, yeah. No, I remember and that was, like, big in the commercials. That was and I'm like, huge, why would you take birth control for a, acne? That was a huge deal because back then, really, they didn't... I mean, back then, this is only 20 years ago, you know, they didn't have... They didn't have the options available. 
I guess, as they do now. There weren't, I mean, especially natural options weren't available. Well, so, even 20 years ago, because I think 92 is when Accutane started really, like, becoming more popular and being written as just, a, like, a regular prescription for acne. And I do know people mm-hmm. who have used it, and it is. Like, it's poison. It's And terrible. they're like, yeah, my skin was clear, but it makes it more sensitive. It goes back to just that vicious cycle. Yeah, and the thing about being in that kind of vacuum... Like, when you're in there, it's like, I mean, you're clawing to try and get out. I mean, I've literally tried everything for my skin. I've tried Proactive. I've tried Clean and Clear. I've tried every Neutrogena product to exist. Mm-hmm. I've tried everything. Right. I subscribe to Birchbox specifically to get, you know, different cleansers and stuff for my skin to just see if maybe these more expensive, you know... Yeah. ritzy kind of products were really all that they touted to be works, yeah. because you get to a point where you're desperate and the thing is is doing a lot of you know exfoliating treatments and doing the different things that they want you to do to try and clear your skin it as you're removing those surface layers especially when your skin is already sensitive i can't stress mm-hmm. it enough if your skin is already really sensitive removing just that top layer that everyone tells you you should get rid of even that is really really sensitive Mm -hmm. and you go out into the sun if you don't have sunscreen on for me if I don't have sunscreen on my skin dries out really really dry and then it starts to overproduce oil to try and compensate for that dryness and then that just puts you back into the cycle because zits are clogged pores right so it once you're in it you're in it and that's what's so shitty is that it's so hard to get to the other side Mm -hmm. so Yeah, I was prescribed Accutane, and like I said, I've already tried literally every other avenue. Um, I've been smoking cannabis for a while, Mm -hmm. for as long as I can remember in recent history. Um, But really, I wasn't finding any success until I started adding CBD to my regimen. Right. So well, no, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because yeah. you did find a little because we started with the soothing soothes and using THCA's yeah. and anti-inflammatory That's on your right. face as yes. kind of a serum overall. Yeah. So and you did find a little success with that in treating the inflammation. That's a, yeah. That's I mean that's what started the kind of more investigative route because you're told as a patient right I'm told that I don't want to put you know oil based anything on my skin because Mm -hmm. it's just going to clog my pores though the new fad is to use oil based cleansers in order to deal with it so it is changing a little bit yeah for having the type of sensitive skin that I already have it's like the last like everything I know up to this point logically tells me like I shouldn't be putting yeah as much oil on my skin because it does get super sensitive, especially like I find when I'm in the more my period's about to start yeah. portion of my cycle, my skin is like dewy. Like uh-huh. I look like I'm fresh out of like a, a meadow or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, even so hormonally that, dependent, your skin. <laughs> yeah. So, e- adding that layer of just added oil to the mm-hmm. skin, it's like just something like that that we experience it every month. So it's like every month you'd think, you know, you'd get used to it, but no. no. It constantly changes. And that's one of the problems with oil-based cleansers is they their efficiency changes on a day-to-day. You have one day with extra oil production. Exactly. Or you don't clean off the oil cleanser quite thoroughly enough. Especially up in the hairline, you know, because yeah. you don't maybe, you don't. Yeah. And I use dry shampoo also, which mm-hmm. 
can clog your pores up in that area yeah. if you're not paying attention. So right. So yeah. and I just wanna I just wanna touch back and say basically uh, you fucked off the Accutane, right? So people, oh, there's yeah. some resolution on that. Yeah. So you never made no appointment, never did that. So yeah, I mean, I got like, the phone call. You can keep your poison doctor, thanks. Yeah, I, I got the phone call from the specialist about two weeks later asking me if a I had already started taking the antibiotic, which I did not, um, and whether or not I wanted to schedule my consultation for Accutane, to which I also did not. Yeah. So because antibiotics too have whole other like women health issues. If I don't need to take antibiotics, yeah. I don't want to take antibiotics. Fuck that. And that's just me. If I don't need it, I don't want it. Um, and I really like it. when I was going into that appointment, I felt so confident in my skin because I really thought I was having a good skin day. Because you had started, I had just started the using the soothes. <laughs> I just started using soothes. And the inflammation, you had said that the it really helped you address inflammation in the area. Yeah. And it felt like it was helping the zits go away faster. Well, what started it was I got a really bad sunburn. Like, really bad sunburn. Yes. And it was so bad that I, and I can't, I have not had a sunburn like that in recent years. So it, I was afraid of what was about to happen to my yeah. body. You are fair skin and you're normally very vigilant about the sunscreen. I always am. And I but... fell asleep outside. It happens. So <laughs> don't judge. <laughs> so yeah, what started this whole even Sue's, adding Sue's to the mix was I got this really, really bad sunburn. And my skin is very, very fair. I have freckles. Um, I am naturally tinted pink and the sun and I hate each other very, very much. And so I burn in less than 15 minutes if I don't have sunscreen on. That's where we're at. And um, so I was really afraid of what was going to happen to my skin in the next few days after the sunburn. And so I started applying Sue's mm -hmm. that night. Um, and even just that night, I was feeling relief in I wasn't itching. Like, yeah. you know, by the end of the day, usually you'd be itching and I wasn't itching. So I was like, oh, okay, this might be great. And so I literally have Sue slathered all over my sunburned body. And I was more worried about, more concerned with treating the sunburn than I was what the oil was going to do to my skin mm -hmm. on my face. I yeah. figured that would be an afterthought because it is. Priorities. So after about two days of really using Sue's, like... Whenever I felt like it, I'd just slather it on, and I really was using it everywhere, including my face. Um, the burn really started to turn into a nice little tan, mm -hmm. and where I would normally be blistered and peeling, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Where I would normally be really sensitive, especially like around my bra line, because, you know, your bra's tight. Yeah. And when you've got tight stuff rubbing on sunburned skin, you're not creating the most constant, inviting environment yeah, yeah, to hang irritation. out. So I was really pleasantly surprised that I wasn't having, I wasn't having any issues anywhere that I normally would be. So I continued to use the Sue's and my sunburn really, it went away and I had no issues. But what I learned during that process was my face was not getting worse. My burn was getting, turning into a really nice tan glow and I wasn't, um, I wasn't breaking out. Now, part of that, of course, is probably because I, my skin was burned, but I was regularly, I mean, I was applying oil to my face. Right constantly throughout the day so there was a much I really thought given my history there was much higher chance of me breaking out than this stuff actually treating my sunburn and not only did it treat my sunburn mm -hmm. but 
I really, I wasn't getting any new blemishes. So when I went to the dermatologist a few weeks later, you know, I really, those weren't really new blemishes. They were just kind of like what was remaining. Okay. And so that's why I was feeling really good about my skin. I'm feeling all confident going in here going, all right, I'm having some improvement. <laughs> like make sure I don't have skin cancer. And he told me to keep the moles, but he wanted me to basically right. apply chemo to my face, which wasn't going to happen. So. <laughs> okay. So, but the Soothing Sues didn't... Soothing Sues didn't... It didn't cause any problems. It, I mean... At that time, I didn't know how much it was really helping in the big scheme of everything that I had going mm-hmm. on. After using Suze after that for a good month and a half regularly, mm-hmm. my skin started to... I, I wasn't getting new flare-ups. And the zits that I did have that, you know, when they were starting to get red and irritated, I would just put a little dab of Suze on it. And, I mean, that really helps treat the inflammation. And when it's not itching and bothering you, you don't scratch it and pick it. And when you don't scratch and pick at it, uh, <laughs> it's yes. going to go away a lot faster. Definitely. So I think I think it helped a lot in that because it did. It took away a lot of the, you know, tenderness in that area. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really messing with it as much. But then you know, fast forward a little bit, we started talking about Suze and we started talking about popping some Suze in the microwave. Right. And seeing if maybe that was going to do anything to help. Yeah, bring some more skin turnover to it. Yeah, and so we did that and I started putting it on my scarred spots where it was like darker. Um, Usually I would use not like bleach creams, but they do have like dark spot correcting creams like at any drugstore or whatever. So my normal regimen would be I'd wash my face and I'd put on whatever, you know, skin spot corrector that I had and then follow with, you know, moisturizer sunscreen. Um, But in using the Suze, I didn't need to use the dark spot corrector as often anymore. And so I found that I wasn't... The microwave Suze. The microwave Suze, yes. Yes. And using the microwave Suze, it really helped with the discoloration and the scars. And so because it was also helping with the pain and inflammation, Mm -hmm. so it's like kind of just those two things, like regular Suze and microwave Suze, having those two things sitting in little jars or whatever, you know, by your mirror... Though just those two things alone, I mean, it eliminated. It took got it took away the itching, the scratching. There's no, I mean, there's no real marks. I have, I can say. I mean, right. it really is helping with correcting the scars, especially having really fair skin. When my when it does scar, they turn very pink. Yeah, and they're very noticeable. And of course, just one more thing to add to my list. Right. Right. <laughs> So, and I totally, I'm totally with you on the multiple pots of Suze next to it. But as amazing as Suze is, it didn't get rid of the acne. It didn't get rid of, of it. Acne. Right. All it really did was it really helped with my treatment yes. of when I already have it. Having the Suze on hand for when I have a breakout, especially around that time of the month, because I think that my skin is extra oily, mm-hmm. but it might not necessarily be. It's like, that's when I find I really need to put it on. Yeah. When I yeah. think I don't need to. But we're going to move forward because people want to know how to get rid of the fucking acne. So, get rid of the acne. Yeah. Because, uh, so, and then I started, because I started playing with the CBD. Do and I, I, 
No, go go ahead and hit it. So I'll yeah, I'll explain what I'm talking about here. Uh, so I started playing around with CBD and thought that CBDA might also have a play in it, but I was noticing that my acne was going away when I started using it from the inside as an edible. Um, and so I gave you some samples yes. to use too. Um, and I'm still not sure if those were originally CBD or CBDA. And I know I've given, you have since <coughs> bought some of your own CBD and I've also given you some CBDA. So if you can talk about how you started implementing those <coughs> into your routine, yeah. because right now your skin looks fucking gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, for real, you. for real. It's just, it's perfectly even toned. Like, it's not oily at all. You wouldn't all. believe it. Yeah, yeah, so it's glowing, but it's very matte. Like, it looks really good. And it's acne-free. So, it's, yeah. Totally blemish-free. And I really have not been able to say that confidently in at least the last five years. That's fucking incredible. Like, and I mean, even in looking back, like, People might say, oh, but you've always had really nice skin. No, I've always been really awesome at applying makeup. Yeah, that's true. You're really awesome <laughs> at applying makeup. So I have I have no makeup on right now at all. No. So it's really, I mean, it's life-changing to say the least to have this new level of confidence in knowing that my skin really does look as awesome as I think it does. Yeah. So like I could probably very easily walk back into that doctor's office right now and have him recheck my moles. And I guarantee you he would not remember that he referred me to get Accutane like two months ago. Right. Right? Like he wouldn't even know. He'd check his doctor's notes and be like... What? Have you been using the Accutane? Is probably yeah. what he would ask me. <laughs> right? Or he would just somehow insinuate that, oh, the treatment's going really well and I can wink at him and go, yeah, it's great. Yes. Yeah. You let you go and when he asks you, you refer him to me, I'll have him sign an NDA <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into this business. Yeah, you guys but, can talk. Right? Um, so, but... Uh, I want to say because I infused the Soothing Soothes with this CBD concentrate that I had that I believe has some CBDA in it. And I gave you some. The first time, did you use it? I believe I told you to take it before bed because that's when I was experiencing the most success. And I said that you could use it topically or you could eat it. And I suggested before bed. Did you do and that? And I did all of those things. Awesome. So I applied it topically and I ingested it. Awesome. Which, and I, you had initially told me to break it into two nights, and I didn't do that. I took right. them all on one night. You gave me four capsules, I think. Okay. Um, you gave me four capsules and then a tiny little, like, mini jar that just had a little, like, a film. Right, like enough to... to just enough to, some to apply. Yeah, <laughs> just enough to get all of my dots. And... Yeah, I took them all in one night because go big or go home. And I woke up the next morning and I mean, I woke up the next morning and my skin felt very refreshed mm -hmm. to say the least. Normally when I wake up in the morning, depending on the temperature the night before, because no AC, um, I could be sweating uh -huh. or it could be freezing and my skin could feel really, really dry. Um, but on this, I mean, it was summer, so it was relatively hot and I was probably sweating and normally my first thought would be I have to go wash my face because it would be so oily in the morning um but I didn't feel oily I woke up and it just felt nice which was a new feeling 
Um, so that whole day, I mean, I looked in the mirror, I didn't have any, anything new, but I didn't have any immediate, like, oh my gosh, something's different. I did drink a significant amount of water during the day, but I didn't really change my diet that much. Um, it wasn't until maybe two days later that, and I was still applying some of the topically on the spots, um, but it wasn't until a couple days later where I really noticed wow, something's different. Because it wasn't just that my blemishes were getting smaller and less frequent. My skin overall, like where it's normally red Mm -hmm. and like I I naturally have rosy cheeks. Yeah, you get rosy and then you get red around the nose too. And so my rosy cheeks up to my, like under my eyes and on my nose, that was kind of starting to go away. So it wasn't as noticeable anymore and as that was kind of starting to lessen my skin overall it kind of started to have more of like a glow to it Mm -hmm. so it was as if the best way to describe it is I would say if you've ever had a facial it started to kind of feel like I had just gotten a facial so it looked as though I had just gotten a facial but I didn't And that's what's really cool because, like I said before, my skin is really sensitive. So exfoliating treatments are not my deal. Right. Normally, if I get a facial and I get the exfoliating treatment, probably not so great. But, you know, so I can't exfoliate regularly. It is, it has to be a very sporadic thing. Mm. But to have that kind of glowy texture and even tone to my skin without having to take off layers of my face that was really really nice that was really surprising and really nice so then you know I was still using Sue's but not as often because Mm -hmm. I was more relying on the CBD Uh, but I was still kind of using it to get rid of the blemishes that I was already treating right so Uh, the scarring takes a little bit it's not like in two weeks the scars are gone right you know I still have my regimen to try and deal with the inflammation of the existing ones that I was starting trying to get rid of. Right. When, uh, so, so you're like, okay, this, this is making a big difference in my skin. I don't remember if I gave you any more from that. You or, did. Okay. About a week later, uh-huh. um, I, we had seen each other uh-huh. and I had kind of, I think you may have even commented on it that it was, my skin was starting to look a little Probably. nice, a little fresh. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm really excited that I can, Because my fear in continuing to apply any oil to my face to treat those last blemishes that I was trying to get rid of, my fear was that I was going to overdo it and cause new zits. Uh The interesting thing that I noticed after the CBD was that I wasn't having those flare-ups when applying oil to my skin, where normally applying the oil would cause me to at least have small you know, little yeah, blemishes. It, it wasn't going away. Yeah, they right. were still there. Yeah, so. but I noticed definitely after adding the CBD to my regular, not regular routine, but mm-hmm. adding it to my regimen, so to speak, it really helped with not creating new blemishes. I didn't get new zits, mm-hmm. now, which was amazing. <laughs> uh, so I gave you some more. And then at some point in time, you got your own CBD lozenges, right? And mm-hmm. uh, We went edibles. a week later. Yeah, we went to the higher path. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another week goes by. 
And I remember you were still looking a lot clearer. You were super stoked on the CBD. You were committed to it. You were sleeping better. Your emotional like <clears throat> stability was better, and your skin. I could was feel the clearer. difference, but I knew that I needed more, and I mm-hmm. needed an, I needed a better way to keep it consistently in my system. I really wanted to see if it was the fact that I'm applying it topically, if that's why I'm having success, or. Can I take it other ways? Can I smoke it or eat it or whatever and Mm -hmm. and hopefully get some results? And I found that I really like um, the chem. There was a chamomile tea that we got. I got some lozenges and some tea. Mm -hmm. And I found that adding a tea bag of that per week to my regular diet, I haven't had any blemishes since. Nice. Is the tea made with a CO2 oil, hash oil? Do you know? I wish I could remember. Okay, I'll... But I'll get that info to you after this. Yeah, and then check a a future stoner moments for that, guys. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. I really like it. Um, And like I said, I've added it to my regular routine, and Mm -hmm. I found it to be pretty successful. Now, at some point, I do remember after you started getting your own CBD, uh, because you got your rec and everything for it. Um. (laughs) I gave you a little bit more CBDA because it it felt like it was on the precipice, but it needed that push. Yeah. Did you use that CBDA? I did, yeah. Okay, and how did you use that CBDA? So what I did was I applied it topically where I needed it. Um, <clears throat> there were kind of some drier spots on my skin. It's been, a, the weather here has been really interesting lately. Yeah, the Santa Ana's. So, my skin in certain areas is super dry, whereas in other areas, it's the exact opposite. So I also applied some to some areas that I could feel were starting to get a little gnarly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I took another little bit on my pinky and I just kind of, you know, rubbed it on my gums. Perfect. And yeah, because I gave you a very, I give, give you another, another dry little with like film. anything. Yeah, yeah, it was like basically a film. and but it, But it was good. I mean, it was just enough. And it did. It took me past kind of that point where I really just needed to just wipe it out so now that was like two weeks ago right yeah not that long yeah maybe 10 days yeah exactly yeah so I mean now your skin is gorgeous great things yeah it looks fantastic and I'm not gonna lie I feel really good about my skin I was laying on my dirty (laughs) yoga mat today but I haven't broken out at all like and and it is that that mix of CBD and CBDA it is, so. yeah, and I mean, and it doesn't, it doesn't really for my for my skin anyway. It doesn't seem to make a difference whether I apply topically or ingest it. I mean, other than, you know, it helps when you already have them right. to apply it topically as well. Yeah, I mean, a little more wouldn't hurt, it, and so go both ways. with that mentality, it it could prove to be really successful to a lot of people, you know. But it definitely is a trial and error, so you do have to kind of listen to your body and. You know, my skin and my body were also kind of telling me I needed to make sure to stay hydrated. Yeah. So, you know, when you're trying to flush anything out of your system, you know, it's a good idea to stay hydrated. So that was, I mean, yeah, it was really successful. I'm really stoked. 
Sweet. <laughs> well, thank you, Heather. I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of that wonderful information about yes, thank uh, you for having me. important stoner girl issues. They're really important issues. And yeah, I mean, not just stoner girls. Stoner guys it. have issues too. I'm I, sure stoner guys have acne I want, too. I need to get a guy to try the CBD, CBDA that has acne issues yeah. and see if it helps them too. That would be good. So. Yeah, because I mean, the hormone shifts in a lady definitely. I mean. Yeah. We're all over the place sometimes, but it's amazing. Right. Anything you wanna you wanna leave with? No, I don't think so. All Thanks right, for me, all right, we're gonna smoke <laughs> bowl. Well, I hope you enjoyed that section there. I know I sure enjoyed Heather's company and all the bowls and all the discussion that we had around the discussion that we recorded for you. I do want to follow up. I checked out the Higher Paths menu and found the tea that she had gotten. And it is Jane's Brew CBD Chamomile Tea. It is a 14 to 1 ratio of CBD to THC with 20 milligrams of CBD. And of course, they don't do the math for you. But at 14 to 1, we're looking at around one and a half milligrams of THC which isn't a lot at all and is a really good medical uh, booster to the CBD. But uh, it, and then I went back to the website and I checked the Jane's Brew and it is made with a CO2 mix. So it's probably very heavy in the CBD, like they say, not quite so heavy in the CBDA. So that little extra boost can make a really big difference. That synergy is everything. And finding your right balance takes a little experimentation. All right, you guys. Now I want to talk about the next section, which is what it's like to be a woman in the cannabis community. At least my experience on it. Now, as more women are becoming more influential and involved in the cannabis community, and the cannabis community is setting a fantastic, like, I mean, record-setting standards of how to be inclusive of women in the corporate lifestyle. Uh, There's a lot of women-owned businesses and things like that. There aren't necessarily as many women of color and and things like that out there. Um, But I do believe that we are making some really good leeways. And that I I really hope that as we move forward, uh, the stereotypical woman-on-woman hate doesn't pervade the cannabis industry in the same way that it does a lot of other places, uh, both in the professional and private sectors. I've been really, really fortunate to, as a stoner girl, basically always have other stoner girl friends. I mean, I've been really lucky as a woman just to have always really cool female friends. And then I guess maybe it just was always a coincidence that we always smoked weed or maybe that's why we were really cool. Um, Because before, I I would say before I started smoking weed, I, I did, I would have like one cool female friend. And then after I started smoking weed, there were, I, I just had, I always had like a group of girls and that was our thing. We always smoked weed. But as I've gotten older and I've, I've uh, extended my circles and made new friends, I meet so many women who are like, oh my God, this is incredible. I've never had a group of women who 
were really cool, who were actually cool, who weren't backstabbing and gossipy and I don't know, whatever other crazy shit that women do. I don't really, I, I have no time for that kind of drama, so I don't put up with it. So I guess my point is that stoner girls pretty much are the coolest. And the more weed you smoke, a lot of times you can be cooler. That's not necessarily true. Uh, actually, one of the things that uh, you may have noticed is that I've, I don't post pictures of myself. If you've, if you've gone onto the social media or if you've checked out the website, I'm not out there branding my face. I'm, I'm branding my voice. And I take a lot of relish in having a very sexually ambiguous name with Bo. A lot of people just assume that I am a man and I am very happy to let them do so. They respect my opinions a lot more uh, when they're written down and they think that a man is saying them. That is just true. I have been on the net and I've talked shit about Grass City a lot. Well, not a lot, but I've definitely talked shit about Grass City on this podcast because I had really bad experiences being a woman and with a very outwardly female handle and being disrespected and being told that my opinions were only such because my reproductive organs were bleeding at the time. And it was okay for them to bring my sexual organs into it. But once I referred to their tiny little balls and I'm being able to handle my big ovaries, then all of a sudden I'm being shut down by moderators for being inappropriate. And that's just one symptom of how, you know, you can talk about a woman in a demeaning manner and disrespect her opinions. But when you do so in the same way towards a man, it's, it's suddenly considered inappropriate. It's just such a double standard. And so I basically bounced off Grass City. But recently, uh, specifically in looking for the cancer episode, looking looking up questions really about what people need to know. I just, I love being on Grass City and helping people. And so I signed back up and I'm not going about it as much as I did before. And I definitely do appreciate being, since I'm still like new again, a lot of people just assume when they see my handle that I'm a dude and I really like that because being a female is hard and you get judged so much for your body without even being seen that when you actually put your body out there, the ridicule becomes overwhelming. I mean, they just it's just troll. It's just trollish. And I haven't really been up to that kind of exposure. Uh, but in light of the one year anniversary and because, uh, Willie asked me for a picture and, and I think it's fair. I've definitely looked at people for podcasts that I listen to. Um, and because I have this amazing haircut that my friend Mary hooked me up with, I am, uh, I'm going to post a picture if you wanted to check me out and, uh, just so you could, you could see what I look like. And because I really feel a lot more confident in myself. Um, so yeah, if you are curious, go ahead and have a look-see and I really don't care if you think I'm cute and I really don't care if you think that I'm not cute. Um, I, uh, it's just me and you can have a face behind all of the thoughts. Now, 
one of the reasons why I have such body issues, and this is going to lead into the story that uh, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear, is uh, is because I've done a lot of body detachment. I have a lot of body issues. Um, I have a lot of security issues in regards to my body, and I have a lot of trauma around male entitlement for my body or towards my body or of my body, however they decide to think about it. And I'm not saying that men shouldn't lust after women. I'm saying that I have a lot of anxiety over this issue. And when I first started smoking cannabis, when I was 18, I told a story in my 420 episode. I, um, I, I did go about it really slowly. I had a really bad first experience. And I, once I found a way that I was comfortable being high, I stuck with it. And, and for many months, I had no problem being like, oh my God, I'm stoned. No, I can't. There's no way I could smoke any more of that. And it didn't matter if it was sativa or indica, not that I knew the difference back then anyway. And I wouldn't know the difference for a long time to come. I did respect a lot of my limits. Uh, and I had a lot of, of stoner friends. I mean, we were getting this amazing Northern Lights out of Humboldt from this guy. And we, you know, you, you buy $20 and it was the tiniest little bud you ever saw. But we had a big group of stoner people. You know, I was a, a coffee shop rat and I would hang out at the coffee shop and we would smoke weed all day. And it was... It was a really interesting lifestyle. I was still in foster care at the time. Um, I was on my way to graduating high school, um, but I was technically 18. In California, the way it works is as a foster kid, you can either leave when you graduate high school or leave when you turn 18. Whichever one comes last is uh, as long as you got. So I was already 18, but I had not yet graduated high school. So I opted for the free housing um, even though it was incredibly shitty and, uh, and to get my degree, which a lot of foster kids, that's not the decision they make, unfortunately, to each their own. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, so, but as it was, I was smoking pot, ditching school, hanging out at this coffee shop. And, uh, one night I was, um, I was hanging out with some friends and we were drinking our coffee and smoking weed and I I I blacked out I couldn't I lost I lost function I just everything went fuzzy and some friends took me home no they didn't they didn't take me to my home they took me to their home and those friends ended up raping me and um walking back to my foster home the next day was really, really hard, and I blamed myself for getting too stoned. <sighs> because I thought that you could get that stoned. I thought we'd, I thought we could black out, make, could make you black out the same way alcohol did. I had certainly blacked out on alcohol a lot. Uh, I, uh, I knew to be vigilant about that. But I mean, I, the reason, the whole reason I started smoking weed was because these, these guys, they didn't seem, my guy friends, they didn't seem out of control. They weren't blacking out. They weren't incapable of walking. 
But I mean, I had grown up with D.A.R.E. and, and I knew that pot was still a drug and and it can be addictive, right? And and it can be dangerous. And, and you know what? Maybe I just need to trust who I'm smoking with for a while. until And now I'm just going to smoke a lot of weed. And I'm going to build up my tolerance so that I can be like those guys. And that's what I did. And I, um, and I only smoked with people I trusted for a long time. And I smoked as much weed as I could. I, only, I smoked the best weed that I could. And I got a good tolerance going. I got a great, I could smoke with anybody. And two years after, I found out that they had drugged my coffee. That's why I blacked out. They don't really tell you uh, to wear nail polish to check your coffee. Because they don't really have to. Because nobody should have to fucking wear nail polish to check their coffee. Because nobody should have to watch their coffee when they're around friends to make sure that they don't get raped. So, um, I also don't know why whoever knew that I've been drugged waited two fucking years to tell me, but I do know that this drug war, this miseducation, this misinformation that's being spread about the dangerous marijuana is bullshit and just leads into this cycle of victim shaming that goes on. I know because I suffered from it and there's, there's no way that I can ever take that back. And there's no way I can really ever bring justice to the persons who perpetrated the crime against me. That opportunity flew out the window a long time ago, but I do know that I can help any women or men who may have similar experiences, who may have shamed themselves for trying something for being misinformed, it's bullshit, and it's not your fault. And I know that I can educate people about some sinister side effects that they probably hope to God didn't actually exist, but do, quite unfortunately. Knowing the truth about how marijuana is medicine, and yeah, it's a drug, but it's not like a drug like any anything we think of as drugs some people have tolerances that are very very extreme and they need to really watch themselves but are you going to black out and lose all control and potentially die because you took too much pot no never no that is not a side effect that is not a danger you have to worry about. Are you probably going to get really upset and anxious and vomit? Yeah, that's that's a potential. That is a true potential. But if you are someone who thinks that heroin is the same plane as marijuana, you are the one who is in another plane. You're on another universe, an alternate universe that does not exist. Come back down to reality because it's hurting people. changes on the horizon and I am very happy to be an active part of that change and I just wish I could uh, do more um, but women will be the change so let's safety and talk about some credible women who've made a difference to my journey yeah 
I just have the the last of that citrine CBD. That was an intense moment for me. I'm really, really open and someone who can share a lot. I believe that sharing is a must and it isn't always easy and you don't have to push yourself by any means. I mean, I know I think I've been dancing around that story for a while, well, for a year. Um, and I'm really happy to get it out because I think it's going to do some good. I think somebody's going to hear it who really needs to hear it. Get some of this fresh golden pineapple in. It's so nice and dense and mm, delicious. Premium California wheat. So this bong load goes out to Bad Kitty Smiles, Granny Storm Crow, all of my stoner girlfriends, to the moms and the girls who love throwing the middle finger to society standards and proving that you can be a badass and a nurturer at the same time. You fucking rock my world, women. All right, you guys, that wraps it up for this week. I hope you really enjoyed it. And uh, if you had to skip through some parts, you had to skip through some parts. If uh, you were crying along with me, I hope that you uh, have some tissues at your disposal. Um, and uh, thank you so much for letting me uh, share all that with you guys. I really do appreciate it. Next week, I have no fucking clue what I'm going to talk about. If you have any questions or if you want to hear a topic or anything if you just want to reach out to me you can find me on facebook or twitter or instagram uh probably not mass roots for very long i guess they just filed bankruptcy or something right and uh you can also reach me at the spliff podcast at gmail.com find links and more information plus all of my witty writing at the spliffpodcast.com slash podcast and if you really want to Go ahead and go to patreon.com. That's Papa Alpha Tango Romeo Echo Oscar November.com slash the spliff podcast and leave a contribution. Become a contributor to the spliff podcast. I could really use it right now. I'm just saying. And if you can't do that, feel free to rate and review. Uh, specifically, iTunes is where it really seems to do the most good for me. But anywhere that you listen, whether that be downloads from the website or your preferred podcast platform. It really helps other people find the information that can make a really big difference in how they view marijuana. So, yeah, go flap some butterfly wings and, uh, and make some tidal waves. All right. Thanks for spliffing it, guys. Ciao for now. <laughs>